0: next time. No.
1: Hello, welcome to Good Guy to Life. Abisha, how are you doing? I'm
0: very good, thank you. How are you
1: doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. It's a bit of a, a grey day, a bit overcast, but doing all it's right. It's very grey day.
0: Yeah, it's kind of grey times,
1: isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's grey times all around. Yeah, it's... Uh, how are you coping with... You're not in full lockdown. We're in local lockdown back over here in Manchester now. Oh, you
0: yeah. So it's Yes. Okay.
1: The shops are still open, but you just can't go to anyone with anyone that's not in your house
0: it's I feel like london's kind of just like acting like lockdown's not really happening at all. Yeah. um Everything seems very back to normal here now, so uh, yeah, I kind of feel like i 'm not in lockdown anymore, but then I'm just still very aware of like everything that's going on, and it still feels a bit like strange and yeah, yeah. bizarre
1: yeah it's been a it's, it's been a weird year to say the least, but it's been yeah. a busy year for you with um full EP and a, and a new single off the back of it Scorpio and, and One Night so you, you've kept yourself busy to say the least.
0: Yeah it has it has been a busy year actually yeah really really happy releasing my first EP uh, that was a big moment because I've wanted yeah. to put out a body of music for so long so that felt really really good and the, the whole EP just felt very like me so that was really exciting and then yeah One Night was a song that like I wrote last year um, and I've been dying to get it out so it was really, really exciting putting that one out as well. And yeah, yeah, just excited to put more out now.
1: Yeah. No, I really I really enjoyed listening through Scorpio in particular. Um, I felt it was it moved away a little bit from the the trap pop R&B sound yeah. that's so popular right now. And I was I was thankful to hear it, you know, because <laughs> I, I love that sort of stuff, but I think it's a little bit oversaturated at the minute. And I, I loved your use of, there's a lot of guitar in there. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit like about how production goes for you? Is it songs first structure? Is it, is it vocal melodies?
0: Yeah, it's usually, so I normally go into a session with like a vague idea. It could be like one word, like a title or... A kind of topic that i want to write about and i try not to prepare too much when i go into a session because i think the more kind of naturally and organically it happens on that day yeah. um the better so when i've prepared too much in the past it's been like and i've had too much of an idea of what i want to write it's not turned out as good so i've realized that like when i go into a session with just like a word or an idea um i tell the producer and they just kind of put together like it could be some chords, a guitar loop, anything. And that's when like, as soon as I hear that first kind of like four bars of production, I'm like, I've got it. And it's so easy to then write the rest of the song. Um, So yeah, normally it's like, it starts with one lyric and then whoever I'm in a session with the producer will just like go away and work on something and I'll like kind of pick up on what they're doing. And yeah, it could be, like I said, it could be as simple as like four chords or a guitar riff or something, but. Yeah, it normally works like that, and then I'll start writing from that, basically, and then it'll usually start with, like, a verse and then a chorus, and then we'll kind of come together and see what we've got, and then, yeah, and then both kind of then build on that, like, we'll build on the production once we've, like, put down the vocals and stuff. But, yeah. So I don't
1: you... know if that makes any sense. No, no, it does. It does it's, it's a hard process to sort of put into words sometimes. Yeah. You, you've said before that, it, you don't want to stray too far into in, into making straight up um happy-go-lucky pop bangers so yeah. I, I wonder because with with <laughs> where pop is at the minute there's a lot of crossover with r&b with people like Rina sueya uh, jenna Eko. Yeah. Yeah. at what point do you feel like in the production of a song i might need to reel this back a little bit to to fit my vibe do you know what i mean
0: I think over the course of like the few years that I've been kind of collaborating with producers I've just kind of picked up on things that are like in the production which I feel sound like me and are mm-hmm. my style so there's little things like I love to put um, like a distorted male vocal underneath like my lead vocal in a chorus which is like something that I think is distinctive to like me and like what I, I like to do in production and I think just For me it's like if I've heard something a lot of times before, I'm like I don't really want that in there because I don't want it to sound like somebody else's song or like for someone to be like, Oh, she's she's got that from this song. Like I want it to be completely original. So in a lot of ways, like the weirder the better. I love like really unusual little like production sounds that just like sometimes a producer like presses a button by mistake and I'm like, Wait, what was that? That was really cool.
1: (laughs) Press it again, press it again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think just yeah that only. Really.
1: <laughs> yeah. no it's beautiful I love that. You um you grew up in you grew up in Devon. So was it was it a musical household when you were growing up? Not at all,
0: no. At all. Um I grew up with I grew up with just my mum and my dad lived in London. Um but yeah, my mum didn't really have a lot of music playing around the house um at all. I think my earliest kind of memories of being around music was from dance classes so I used to dance every Saturday and obviously in those dance classes like my teacher my dance teacher was quite young and we'd always just listen to like what was in what was, I don't even know yeah I guess it was still the charts then but it's kind of like what was in at the moment so it was a lot of like Britney um the Spice Girls Christina Aguilera Gwen Stefani like very very core pop um so that was probably like my first like memories of like being around music and then as I started to get a bit older probably like into my early teens my dad would then he subscribed to this magazine for me um what was it I can't remember what it was called now um something voices and it was basically like a magazine about like black music culture and every with every magazine you'd get like a dvd um so he'd send me the dvd um to Devon and I'd watch that and that was like artists that mainly did like R&B music and rap so there was like Alicia Keys, Keisha Cole, um, all of this type of music that I haven't heard before which I think subconsciously played into like the music that I like to make now. Um, Yeah. Do
1: you think that was, because obviously your dad was living in London at the time, you were in Devon with your mum, was that his attempt to sort of provide a bit of culture that might have been lacking in Devon and, and add that into definitely, your experience growing up.
0: Definitely, yeah. I mean, there is pretty much zero culture yeah. in Devon, and yeah, but like even there was little things that he did, um which definitely were in order to do that. So definitely providing that music side. Um, he loves music. He's always got music playing like in his in his flat. He's always listening to like reggae music, and he loves R and B. So I think yeah, that was him. Attempting to like provide some culture for me, but also like probably create a bond with me. Um, and yeah, other other little things that he would do is just like send my mum black hair products that yeah. she couldn't get in Devon, so yeah, even I if she wanted, it's just not, that that enough. yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just a different world.
1: That's I mean, yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful little way of um, of bonding just through music, and I think that is one of the most powerful things that that music can do. It's part of the reason I started this podcast is because it can. Bring together people from over time and space, and and put you in that same headspace, I yeah. suppose. So it's it is a really really powerful thing there. So when that time came, you were how old were you going to the dance classes? You like 10, 10 years old, ish uh,
0: I went. I did dancing from. I actually started ballet at like eighteen months, but I wow. think we did it at the rest.
1: Why of- are you even doing that at eighteen months? Can you?
0: Fairly, fairly understanding. Um, my mom knew that my mom's very spiritual and she knew like from my first child that I was going to be a really shy kid so she wanted to put me in like dance lessons as early as possible to kind of like build my confidence um, but yeah I think like my actual memories of being in those lessons and listening to that kind of like pop music I was probably like from the ages of like yeah from about seven I remember yeah. quite vividly yeah.
1: So it's quite a journey of like exploration both in terms of your mixed race heritage and exploring the lgbt side of your personality as well what age did you what age did you come out and how did music affect that experience
0: i came out when i was 17 um and i'd had a boyfriend for two years and then realized that i liked girls and everyone was kind of like what it was it was almost like my friends were like no you that's impossible you've just had a boyfriend like you can't like girls you obviously you're obviously straight, but you've had a boyfriend um at the time, to be honest, like I really don't remember any uh any musicians or artists being gay, or none that I was aware of, none that I listened to because I listened to like a lot of I still listened to quite a lot of pop. I loved Rihanna at that time, and I think I'd heard Te Amo, where she's that song's about a girl, so I think that was something that was like. Hold on, wait, is she? Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this <laughs> that? about a girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the time I think it's like thankfully it's changing so much now, and there's there's yeah. so many more like queer artists, but it's, especially time, female female
1: queer artists as well. Like, yeah. definitely exactly there's always been a lot of gay male icons in music, but yeah, not necessarily yeah. queer or, or lesbian females. So it's it's definitely exactly. a, a positive step. Do you think that's something that I know you've performed at Pride and things like this in Birmingham? is that important to you to, to make sure that people are aware?
0: So important. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me is just getting across the message to people that like, it's okay to be who you are. Mm. Like, please don't try and hide that or, um, yeah, just be proud of that part of yourself. That's, that's who you are. Um, and it's so important to kind of like embrace that. Otherwise I think it's so hard to live your life happily if you're not,
1: embracing it no definitely yeah. it's uh it, it's a yeah it's a magical thing um we've done the intense part of the interview now and we're gonna ask a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of silly questions about live music but do you remember what your your first gig was
0: my first ever gig to be honest there wasn't many like gigs in devon like artists really? never came to play in devon <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like they do things in Bristol, but I remember that my mum could never, like, really take me all the way up to Bristol. Yeah. So the first gig that I remember going to, which I really wanted to go to, was Jessie J. Amazing. Um, and it was her Plymouth show, and I just could not believe that she was coming to Devon. Like, I I had, like, a mild obsession with her. Mild is, like, putting it lightly. Like, I, was, I had an obsession with Jessie J. Um... And yeah, I saw that she was playing in Plymouth and like me and my best friend, we were both obsessed with her. We got tickets, we waited outside for ages. We queued for so long so that we could be front row because I've got this thing where it's like if I'm going to a gig and it's someone that I really love, there's no point going if I'm 10 rows back. I need to be front row to really like feel like the connection from the music. so yeah, we queued for so long. we were front row, and then at one point, like she she came over and like kneeled on a speaker, and like sang directly to us. And I think we were both just like, oh my god.
1: Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah that's, that's my earliest big memory.
1: That so was how, a good one. How old were you then? Been
0: uh, too old to to, <laughs> have, been <laughs> that, <laughs> to have been that into Disney Day. Um, I must have been maybe sixteen or fifteen. 16
1: yeah that's that do you know what that's not as that's not as old as what you were going to say then so it's it's fine (laughs) we'll let it go what is what's the most recent live music you've been to which becomes a more difficult question every time i ask it during lockdown because i started this before
0: right before before
1: corona so it's like Uh last week we went to see but now it's like yeah remember the old times Yeah.
0: wow back Um, (laughs) pre-lockdown the last gig that i went to was oh wonder at uh, Shepherds Bush Empire, which was amazing. Um, it was like really last minute. I went with my manager and uh, another artist, Sodium. We just had the best time. I love I Wonder. Like I'd only kind of recently discovered them in the past six months before mm. that gig. So I saw that they were playing, and like we were able to get tickets and just went that night. And it was just like I think with their type of music, it's obviously very like kind of alternative and very like almost mellow but like hmm. so it, it was like such amazing vibes there and then we went managed to go backstage after and meet them um and they were both just so lovely um so yeah that was that was a really good one I think that was a good last gig because it was like one of those feel good yeah I don't know like elevating
1: celebrations t- yeah yeah <laughs> what is the strangest experience Abisha, that you've ever had at a gig or festival
0: um strangers this is a hard one i feel like when i was about i think this time i was 15 and i'd bought my best friend tickets to t4 on the beach for yep, her okay. birthday and i'd chosen t4 on the beach because jesse j was supposed to be playing but
1: <laughs> <laughs> all of the answers is just jesse j <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically um and then she—it was—it was the time that she broke her leg, so she ended up not playing. So we were like, "Oh my god, who are we going to watch instead?" We weren't really that bothered about anyone else, but like, who's the—is it Nicola Roberts from Girls Aloud? Nicola?
1: Yes. That what about that. I know who you mean.
0: Her name. I just can mix two names together. Anyway, Nicola from Girls Aloud, like she <laughs> did a set. It was just so random, but like, it was really good. And then. Cher Lloyd was on one of the the smaller stages and she'd obviously just been an X-Factor so we're like, oh, let's go and see Cher Lloyd. And like, it was just so weird. She was singing Swagger Jagger and me and my friend both started crying. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: That's not where I thought that was going. That's that's not, yeah, that's not where I thought that was going. Amazing. Uh, Why? For
0: no reason. I think we were so like, (laughs) overwhelmed like it was our first festival like we were probably like emotional that Jesse J wasn't there and then Cher Lloyd I don't I really just I can't I don't have an explanation oh, <laughs> oh, why we cried I've, but we were I've... looking at each other crying like oh, why are we crying <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't stop crying We
1: should get
0: then, some of like, your own <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and, so, like, and then Gok Hwan walked past which it was, that's yeah, the reason it was to bit... cry if anything it's Gok Wan yeah like that. <laughs> oh god yeah that was that was a strange
1: I think that's my favorite strange story we've ever had on the podcast really yeah I think so (laughs) what is to to bring the tone down a little what is the worst thing that you've ever seen live
0: um the worst this isn't uh, related to a performance but the worst experience that I've had at a gig was um I was, they, they brought um, Radio One's Big Weekend to Devon and they brought it to Paynton, which is literally my hometown. Oh, wow. So like, obviously it's quite a nice setting. Like it was on the seafront so that like, there's a big green and then the beach is right there. So all of my friends were like so excited. We've never had anything like that in Paynton before. It's like a tiny seaside town.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I don't know if to give you backstory. Anyway, we're in the crowd. And it's like all oh, really good. I can't remember, but I think Annie Mack was doing like a DJ set, it was getting late. And then this girl behind me, I noticed, like she was literally right behind me. She, she kept like knocking into me. And I, I looked at her and I noticed that she was like, not okay. Like she'd obviously drank far too much. And I was like, oh God, she's gonna be sick. And I've got the worst phobia of sick ever. Like if somebody's sick, I have a panic attack. It's not good, like I cry. Anyway, she's, like, about to be sick in the gut. The person that's next to her hands her a plastic wallet. And she's mid, like, she's mid being sick. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. I can't. I've got to get out of here. She gets lifted out because the security are like, right, time for you to go. She gets lifted out. So she's, like, being carried over my head oh no. still being sick. So I'm like, oh, my God.
1: No. And
0: then... Straight after that, I had to just be lifted up because I was like, I need to go home. Like, I'm having a panic attack.
1: Take me. Gone. So
0: that was really embarrassing. Like, everybody that I knew was there because obviously, like, it's the local, like, the biggest local thing that's ever happened. So there's me being carried out, having a panic attack. <laughs> just been sick and everybody, everybody saw it.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I've got a few questions in here that I haven't sent you um, before. I just want you to just answer off the top of your head. What is the gig that you were looking forward to the most and did it live up to it?
0: Yeah. um, The gig that I was looking forward to the most was probably I went to wireless again, like back in like, I think I was in sixth form or something. So with my school friends and Rihanna was playing and Rihanna was just like everything, the queen. So yeah, she lived up to it. The whole day like was pretty, it was raining, it was like, a, it wasn't the best vibes. And then Rihanna was just like unreal. Like she just lifted the whole day. And I think she wasn't even headlining. I think Drake was headlining and we just went home. But we, we didn't Fair even enough. watch, we watched Rihanna and we were just like on such a high from like, yeah, her performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was so good that we were like,
1: no, uh, we don't need to see the Yeah, that's, we're fine. We're good. No, it's, it's a yeah. weird one. Wireless as a Festival is, is a strange, strange festival. Like, they, I, I don't know if the the money changed or something a few years ago, but I swear they used to get, like, Kanye, Drake,
0: yeah. Rihanna, like, yeah. every
1: year, Mass J. Cole. And now it's, like, it's yeah. like, Skepta again. And nothing against Skepta. Like, I love Skepta. But, like,
0: come <laughs> yeah, on, bro. I've like, seen him tour last year. Yeah. It's like,
1: where's the money gone?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, I'd love Rihanna to headline a festival again yeah. soon, but she needs to bring out new music. Yeah,
1: I'd love Rihanna to, to exist <laughs> sometime soon. Like, just put something out, man. Why how how long has it been though? It's like four years, is it? Yeah, Even I longer? think
0: Anti was four. Yeah, must be twenty sixteen. Yeah, coming up to fuck. I mean, I'd happily Christ. go to a gig and listen to all of her old music. Like, I don't yeah. care. I would, I'd happily listen to not new stuff but I also am craving new Rihanna music yeah. so.
1: you've, you've got sort of snuck on to my next question there, which is what is the most <laughs> disappointing uh, gig you've ever seen <laughs>
0: Disappointing gig um, Oh this is a hard one um, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever seen someone perform and think it was disappointing um, It's not a
1: bad thing You can't <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to answer if there isn't one.
0: It's probably something that like after this interview, I'll think, oh, now I remember. Yeah, but yeah, yeah off,
1: the, off the top of my head, I actually can't think of one. Fair enough. It's still, yeah, I see it. You just don't want to publicly shame anyone. It's all good. It's all okay. <laughs> so what is, and I think you might have already answered this with Rihanna as well, but objectively, what is the best gig that you've ever seen?
0: Hmm... I have, I think like the best gig comes down to like the energy that the artist Mm. creates and like, ah, I don't know. Like, I I really, really don't want to say Jessie J again because, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm really like, I'm not not a super fan anymore. Like I had a Jessie J phase and it ended quite a long time ago. But that first gig, I think like nobody can beat her vocals like her vocals are just insane so yeah that also Rihanna but then there's other little ones like I saw Mahalia um perform at Shepard's Bush Empire as well and she spoke so much about like like with getting it into like the gig Mm. and the music she spoke so much about um like body confidence and about her own body and like accepting and owning like how she looks and. the yeah. That she's so happy now that she's accepted that, and that every and the audience was obviously full of like quite a lot of young girls. Like I think Mahalia herself was only like twenty, so that that was like a super empowering um, yeah, gig, which I thought was like something that people would go home from that gig and then feel better about themselves, which I think is like amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it's it is a difficult question because it there are so many different types of gigs, That's aren't there? Like you say, there's the big. Festival headliner set with Rihanna and fire and all the hits and that's brilliant. But at the same time yeah. Sometimes a little gig in the barfly or wherever or shepherd's bush. Yeah To however many people if it can mean so much more if you're right there in front of them
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
1: So is there anything from anyone from Mahalia, Jesse J, Rihanna, anyone that you've seen that you want to bring into your stage show and your stage craft?
0: Definitely yeah I've seen like
1: hmm.
0: yeah there's 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 elements from like kind of every gig that I go to and every time I go to a gig I'm like oh I need to go to more gigs because there's always something from like each show that I just like I'm like that's so cool like I want to be able to work that into mine and like I'm not as much as I've just said that I dance from an early age like I'm not a dancer like I don't I don't do like choreo on stage but mainly because like my music's not really choreo music but I think then it's really important when you when you're not like dancing to like bring to be able to bring like special little elements to your show. so I think yeah that that thing that Mahalia d- did in that particular gig I don't know if it's at all of her gigs where she's like um speaking about like body confidence that's so important and then I've seen gigs which like I remember thinking at the time was strange like I saw Sigrid uh at Scala, I think, and she, yeah. I just found it so cool that she just wore blue jeans, a white t-shirt and her yeah. hair scraped back in a ponytail, no makeup. And I was like, that's amazing. Like she, she's not trying to like, I'm very much, I love fashion. So when I do a gig, I'm like, my outfit is almost like as important to me as like the show. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that like, she was able to be so like stripped back and just raw. That, like the focus on like her voice and the music was just like escalated so much and it wasn't like oh this is such a cool like set and like all oh, that lighting's amazing and her outfit's sick it was like her voice is really good and the music sounds great um yeah yeah,
1: yeah no they definitely they they both have co- really powerful performances in in either genre yeah sigrid sigrid's a great shot I, I saw her a few years ago and yeah it is Amazing, especially because she's really diminutive as well, and and like you say, yeah. blonde with the hair scraped back, and yeah, it yeah, bounce yeah. out these tunes, and you think, uh-huh. bloody hell, like that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, uh-huh. it can it can fully go either way because I think it a lot of it's to do with expectation as well, isn't it? If you go yeah, and
0: see
1: Lady Gaga or or Rihanna or Beyonce, yeah. you're expecting a show, and if if mm. they just stood there in jeans and a t shirt, <laughs> this is not what I signed up
0: for.
1: <laughs> but yeah. you know. If you go and see someone a little bit more low-key then you think wow you're really focusing on the music and it brings it back to what i think you know starts everyone in the music business which is the love of of singing um so yeah it just depends what sort of artist that i think people want to be and, and knowing your
0: yeah
1: knowing your fan fan base as well
0: definitely
1: do you have any plans to, to I, again? I asked this question at the start of <laughs> lockdown, and it's becoming more and more complicated. But do you have any plans to tour the EP at all?
0: Um, I would love to tour, I would really love to tour soon, even just like a little UK one. Um, yeah. I think at the moment, the plans to like get some more music out um, so that when I do tour there's like a whole, obviously my EP is four tracks, but I think I'd like to ideally have like some more music and the music that I'm writing at the moment, like every track is just so different. Like I, I wanna see what other songs that I write before that point. And then, yeah, probably it's probably gonna be next year now uh, yeah. before I do some kind of tour, but I'm yeah, super excited for it. So when, to,
1: when, when we're trying. speaking about new music, um, are, we, are we writing towards an, another EP or are you going for an album?
0: um probably another ep first um and then yeah hopefully an album maybe next
1: yeah. year amazing and then is there um any particular influences that you're writing that you're listening to at the minute you're writing around or anything like that or is it just straight abisha
0: yeah it's pretty it's pretty abisha um like i was saying, everything like that i've written i'm writing at the moment like one song to the next is completely different like i wrote a song I wrote two songs last week and one's kind of like got an Afrobeat element. Yeah. Um, to be fair, at that, at, that, at that time I was listening to like the Burner Boy, Georgia Smith tracks. And I was like, so oh, I really like this right. I think that was like, that was a bit of an influence. Um, and then the other one I wrote two days later is just like completely different. It's kind of more like dark R&B, like, yeah. So everything's just kind of how I'm feeling at the time and how I'm feeling on the day. But I don't know, things that I listen to maybe have like a little bit of like an influence in terms of like maybe melodies and stuff that I'm writing but I never really particularly go into a session with the with the plan to write something hmm. with a particular influence if that makes any sense.
1: no, That makes sense in terms of lyricism do you think um, lockdown the past few months 2020 Black Lives that, Matter all of these things it just seems like the world has ended every single month has, has that played yeah. into your, your, your lyricism at all?
0: I think so yeah I found that I was writing quite a lot throughout lockdown even though like I wasn't actually making any songs like I I didn't have like a producer or anything to be able to actually write songs like my note on my phone that's full of lyrics has just grown by like 100% and yeah I've got so many like lyric ideas Um, and I was writing like a lot of things down like, feelings and stuff and kind of in that time and surrounding like the Black Lives Matter stuff and I was posting quite a lot of personal stuff that people were kind of like, I was getting a really like really nice reaction to. Um, I thought that I should probably, I think in the past I've, I've found it really easy to write about love, relationships. That's like the most obvious thing to write about. If you're, whatever you're going through at the time is what yeah. you tend to write a song about. Um, so I've wanted to kind of with these, with these last few tracks and in the future, just delve a bit deeper and like maybe write about like my upbringing growing up mixed race um and like yeah just things that are a bit more personal a bit deeper than I mean love is obviously very very deep
1: but just stem away
0: from like um yeah exactly um just kind of stem away from relationships and love so much and maybe just write something that is very personal to me so that's what I'm kind of trying to do at the moment
1: that's brilliant I can't wait I can't wait Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave people with, social handles, new music to listen to, any other recommendations for other artists, anything at all?
0: Um, my social handle is just at Abisha. Um, I don't know, probably just, I say this all the time, but my biggest message for everyone is to just be yourself. And please, I know it's, it's a very like social media heavy time at the moment with everyone just being like in, and I'm like super, i I preach this but I'm also like super guilty of it but I think just try so hard not to compare yourself to other people that you see on the internet because social media isn't real and as much as everything seems like rainbows and amazing on social media like everybody has their struggles so everybody's going through something so yeah try try as best as you can to focus on you um and that will make you far happier think of
1: yourself to other people. <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. A lovely message to end on. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed this chat and uh, yeah, we'll be sure to check out your new music Scorpio EP out now. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much for having me. It's so Thanks connected. so much.
1: That's perfect. Thanks.